The world of real estate investing is always changing. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, attorney and author Natalia Willett Grice has the expertise to provide valuable guidance on how to navigate the complexities of real estate investing. This is the Legacy Academy. Hello, and welcome to the Legacy Academy. I'm your host, Justin Grice, the COO of LCO Law, and with me is attorney Natalia Willett Grice, the owner of LCO Law and author of a couple of different uh, real estate books, uh, one on foreclosures, one on tax deeds. You can find these on Amazon by clicking the link in the description. Now, today we're joined by a very special guest, Mr. Aaron Kinder from Florida Wholesale Land. Uh, Aaron is a recently retired major in the U.S. Army, where he was the financial manager and comptroller. Uh, he's been investing in tax liens and tax deeds on vacant land for almost two decades and knows just about everything there is to see when it comes to the world of vacant land and tax deeds. So, Aaron, welcome to the Legacy Academy. It's so great to have you on the show to discuss with some of our listeners some of the ins and outs on vacant land when tax deed investing. How are you doing today, Aaron? Hey, I'm doing great, Justin. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Natalia. It's, it's wonderful to be a part of the, the Legacy Academy. No, it's our pleasure yeah, to thank have you. you. So much. And yeah, it's, it's always awesome to have another tax deed and tax lien nerd here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about your company and what it is that you do? Sure, Justin. So Florida Wholesale Land is a Florida tax deed and tax lien education and research company. Um, so with that company, I definitely, uh, as you know, I'm a, I am a YouTube content creator. Um, so I make a lot of YouTube uh, content where I'm just educating people how to become a tax deed investor in the state of Florida only. I only talk Florida. Uh, and also to I educate people on how to be a, a tax lien investor as well. And so I, I, I do a lot of the ins and outs in both. Of course, tax liens lead to tax deeds in the state of Florida. Uh, but I also do a lot of research in the background, too. So I'm constantly nerding out over charts and darts and just having a great time uh, getting some, uh, some good uh, you know, information, you know, post tax deed auctions. So I can kind of see where people are getting at what counties have the most uh, options happening, you know, where is the, the volume of, of property turnover happening in, in which part of the state. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, I do offer my services on my website, portablesaland.com. Um, it's behind a paid wall, so you have to become a, a member for $19.99. Um, and then there, you know, you'll get access to some of my, my research and some of the things that that that's excellent. That's excellent. All right. And so on your YouTube channel, which you can find at youtube.com forward slash at Florida Wholesale Land, this is your, your education hub is what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on YouTube at Florida Wholesale Land. Um, I think I'm, I'm up to about 129 videos. That's, I think, my count right now. Um, I've got... Uh, I think videos for everybody, really, in, in regards to tax deeds and tax liens in the state of Florida. So definitely for newbies, beginners getting into it, um, I do go over how to you know become a bidder in, in the counties. Uh, I, I I use Polk County as like the virtual platform. So a lot of the stuff that I teach from, I, I pretty much point everyone back at uh, at Polk County, and I just find Polk County to be extremely user-friendly in uh, regards to doing uh, research 
um, cruising through public record there, uh, the property appraiser's uh, website and database, uh, the tax office. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, Polk County, they just, they, they know what they're doing uh, there. Uh, I mean, I can't say that for some of the other counties. It's a little harder to do some research in some of the smaller counties, especially the ones up north, um, mm -hmm. northern Florida and stuff. That's true. Um, and, uh, but in Polk, uh, you know, it's just super user-friendly. And Polk has, I mean, volume-wise, it is the county that leads most all counties in the state of Florida in regards to the volume of tax fee applications that go through that lead to tax deeds. Um, so I keep track of this. Uh, it's part of my research that I, that I, I battle track on, on a daily basis uh, with this. And like, right now, I think Citrus County is, is, is a close second Yeah. Uh, um, this year in, in, in Florida. So, uh, I mean, if you're really interested in going to a county that has a lot of volume, a lot of stuff to pick from, um, or just have a good opportunity to, to get something, and those two counties are really producing um, a lot of volume, you can be a bidder and, and have a good time uh, bidding there. Um, but, you know, on, on my website, too, I mean, the videos, uh, I do some videos on due diligence, and I'm always harping on due diligence. It's so important um, in this business. Yeah, this absolutely. Um, I just, I can't, I can't harp enough about it. Um, and then, you know, I, I also, I, I have a video, it's called Value Chain. And in that video, I also talk about, like, building a good team, a good team of people surrounding you yeah. so that you and you, you you know you're in control of your business but you want to make sure that you've got a really good real estate attorney behind you uh, so when you have those questions you can just lean on them and say hey you're the expert here i've got a question um you know can you answer it for me uh, and so but there's other people that are part of your value chain as well so if you if you deal with a good title company um and definitely mm -hmm. you know make friends there Absolutely. Um, and, and then for me, you know, I've got uh, I, I got a land surveying company that I kind of lean on in Polk County. I mm -hmm. need to survey a property. Um, they're they're important to me. Right now, they're they're we're kind of button heads right now on properties. They're not helping me out. They're just really busy. Um, and so I'm kind of at the bottom of the list because they got bigger and better things to do. Um, unfortunately, I feel like they're not giving me enough love. But uh, but you know, that's that's part of you know doing it. Um, and then. You know, and I'm not physically in Florida, right? And so I do everything from a distance. And I've always done everything from a distance. I, I, I'm not, I don't live in Florida. Right now I live in Louisiana. I just, you know, I moved back home to Louisiana. Uh, but I was living, you know, in Hawaii for a while. And, uh, you know, I just did uh, stuff from a distance. And, and, you know, that just brings on a whole other, um, you know, a, a whole other way of looking at things and how to, making friends is important. <laughs> Making friends with, with people in Florida because you're going to need to lean on some people uh, yep. to do some things for you uh, and have some 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 eyes on the ground for you when you're not there to physically you know walk a property or, or take a look. So, uh, so yeah, I mean now I do come to Florida. Don't get me wrong, I, I travel there and uh, you know I put my head around in Polk County every now and then. I show my face, uh, but uh, you know tomorrow I'll be in Tampa. So you know, fine to Tampa tomorrow. But uh, you know, I, I do show my face. Excellent, excellent. That's, so, Aaron, I, I, I want to. How does? Point. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. One, just one point to add, but like, it's it's uh, it's telling of how like up to date Aaron is on this information by which counties he's pointing out as like the biggest sources of of growth and tax deed auctions because it's a reflection of how the market is behaving in the state of Florida and how. 
the big metropolitan areas, Orlando, Tampa, right? These two counties are about an hour to an hour and a half away from these two metropolitan areas. And that's where everything's expanding. So now is the time to really right. get it. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, uh, the proximity of where these counties are, you know, relative to the uh, bigger cities, you know, mm -hmm. you know, Polk County is just in a sweet spot, right? It's physically between Tampa and Orlando. It's all that land in between. And so, and it's filling in. I mean, I just, I can't believe it. There's so much um, you know, volume that, that happens there. And enough in Citrus County. Uh, I mean, the, the auction was just the other day. I was, I was going over the auction. It took forever. There's like eight something properties that went through that auction uh, just the other day. And it was just everything. 100% everything part of it. Nothing yeah. was left behind. Nothing was struck yeah. with the over. Um, you know, there's a part of my research too is that um, I do track like which counties have the most, like this year in, in 2023, which counties have the most. Um, certificate holder strikes. So that's, you know, the plaintiff in the case who filed mm -hmm. the tax application, um, you know, where, where, especially for me, because I, I, I do a lot in the tax and I file jobs and jobs of tax fee applications. So I want to know if which counties, uh, if I file in, I'm going to end up owning the property or I'm going to have to put it on the lands available, right? And so mm -hmm. that's important to me on, on the tax lien side of that. But what it means on the tax deed side of the house is, hey, those are property, those are counties that you can participate in the auction. You have little to no competition, right? I mean, no one's bidding against you. There's properties there, and you're like, you know, if you don't bid on it, it's going to go to the certificate holder. And 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 a lot of certificate holders take ownership. Um, wow, you know, very few. Excellent. So. Are, are, before I get into my next question, Natalia, can you, for our audience, can you just uh, tell them the difference between a tax lien and a tax deed? Yeah, so the, the tax lien is something that is also made available for, for public acquisition at, a, at different times of the year, but that is essentially where you're, you're bidding to get a bond <laughs> from the county for those delinquent taxes. And then after holding them a certain amount of time or them being outstanding a certain amount of time, you can then uh, petition for there to be a tax deed sale auction for it. A tax deed, on the other hand, is a different type of ac uh, auction where you are going to get the property if you become the winning bidder. So there's a little okay. bit of a difference right, there. One's, one's like a passive, real passive investment where you get a certain percentage amount. Um, and then the other one is where you're actually getting the physical property. Okay, perfect. So Aaron, on, on to you. How does vacant land tax deed investing differ from like the typical residential tax deeds? Yeah, good question, Justin. I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that are different between you know, getting on a property where it has physical structure, a house, or you know, maybe some commercial industrial property or, or on it, opposed to just raw vacant land. Um, I mean, really, in, in the tax deed world right now, the market is just really weird right now. There's just a lot of stuff going through, but um, I think the real big difference, and I'll get to some other ones, but the real big one is just supply. There is a ton of vacant land that goes through the auction and makes it to the auction. There's very little homes that can make it to the auction. A lot of that stuff, um, especially when the market is hot, right? When there's a lot of real estate investors. When, when mortgage foreclosures are down, tax deed applications are up. And uh, and so uh, there is just good properties that would have 
physical, you know, physical structure on it. They get redeemed. They get saved. Probably understaves it. Uh, or maybe something behind the scenes happens where they get sold before the auction and they get saved there, right? Um, so when when a tax application gets filed or something like that, then that's a known problem, right? And that's a known problem to the public. So those things kind of get scooped up by some more sophisticated tax deed investors. Um, that's the home, right? Now the land is different because there's just so much. There's just so much land that goes through. And since there's so much supply, um, you know, I, I know I keep harping on pulp because I love it. But, um, there's a lot of supply in pulp. There's a lot of supply in citrus. There's a lot of supply in a lot of other counties, um, like like Highland County is another one. That's a, that's County, a, yeah. yeah, that's a <laughs> hidden one there because. They don't do their auctions online. That's that's a physical auction. You got to go to the you know go to the clerk of court's office and, and bid there. Wow. Okay. There, yeah, that, that's a big difference. Yeah, it's, it's a huge difference uh, because you don't you don't have the competition uh, of you know you don't have external people sitting behind at home on the couch bidding on stuff, right? You know, you just have right, right, and, and and it's probably it's not ripe with foreign investors like you see on some of the online tax deed auctions as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you, you got to physically be there. Now, there's there's about 24 counties that do it locally. And there's about 41 that all do it online through the real auction platform. But, uh, but anyways, to really get back to the to answer your question, just the difference of it. Um, with, with land, um, very low entry point. There's lots of it. Since there's a lot of it, you know, it's really inexpensive to get into it. Um, there's not a whole lot of money you really have to put into land to that you're going to spruce it up to resell. Unlike a home. I mean, a home is just crawling or a physical structure in general. I mean, it's just crawling with a lot of due diligence. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so, so you got to do a lot of due diligence. So Right, right. All right. So how can I, uh, investors identify and research vacant land? Is, is it up there the same as, as the tax deed? you know, residential stuff, uh, how do they find these opportunities and identify them? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, you're, you're, I guess there's two ways you can do it, but they're all going to lead you back to the clerk of court's office. Um, but if you know your county does auctions online, so if your county is one of those 41 that do it through real auctions, um, so there's a website you can go to, and it's generally that county dot, you know, real tax it's Polk. In the Polk case, it's polk.realtaxi.com. Um, so you can go there, and that's where you're going to get the latest and greatest of, you know, that's where you get your bidder number as well, but that's where you're going to see the calendar. Um, you can see what's going on. And then from there, you can, you know, you click on the, that month's auction, and you click on a property, and you can eventually drill down, and hopefully you get back to the actual tax deed application, because that's where the meat and the potatoes are at of learning if you're going to bid on this thing or not because that's where the due diligence starts. Now the other thing is uh, know your county's clerk of courts website um, because you want to be able hopefully your county is one like Polk is a really good job of this that you can get to the tax application docket. And so when you get to that docket you're going to see the list of all the properties that are going through and that docket posts out to the future. Um, so like in Polk County right now, they're posting stuff all the way out to October. You can see what's going to go through or potentially make it to auction all the way out until October. And, you know, and you can work your way back from there until June. Like the next auction is right on the corner here. 
Uh, so just being familiar with both those. So the actual entry point for the auction is, you know, the first spot. It's going to lead you back to the clerk of court's office. And so if your clerk of court has a good actually application docket, then get in there because that's where the, all your due diligence is really going to start there. Yeah, and, and, excellent, excellent. And I was going to add, it's it's surprising how few of the larger counties have a really good docket for their tax deed files and how many more of the smaller counties like you know um polk hernando a few other ones have like all that you that you should be getting to really yeah. make that informed decision yeah, about, yeah you know yeah. has the clerk done their job uh right. what's there right so like right cool and i think we we've talked about this in the past but you know counties aren't built the same they're physically mm -hmm. different, the clerk of court's office are different, and the law different, and the systems they use would be different. So, you know, Polk County, they have great systems. You go to so many smaller counties, especially the ones up in the north, man, you 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 can't get to their their their, their docket or their docket really. The only thing they show you is a PDF file that just says yeah. this property going auction this date, be there, be square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excellent. So uh, my, my next question was about the auctions. And obviously, there are some of these vacant land parcels that are being sold off through the auctions. Are there any other ways that you can acquire these uh, these vacant land tax deeds? Yeah, I mean, if you're acquiring through tax deed itself, like the end result of the tax deed that's in your hands, um, you're going to get a tax deed in two ways. One, you participate in the auction. You bid on the property, you were successful, you won, you get paid for the recording, you're going to get the tax deed. You own it through tax deed. Um, the other way is that let's say properties went to the auction and nobody bid on it. And if nobody bids on it, then they get struck to what's called the, the certificate holder or the plaintiff in the case to do the tax application. Um, and now that plaintiff in the case has an, an option. They can take ownership of it, and if they do, they would own it through tax deed. Um, and so they would be no different than a bidder. Now, if they don't take ownership of the property, they can tell the clerk of courts they want to exercise their opportunity to place the property on what's called the lands available list, sometimes called the lands available list for taxes or land available for taxes. And that's an extension of the auction. And so, um, with that extension, you know, if you put a property there, if you tell the court of course, no, 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 I don't want it, put it on the lands of the list, then the first 90 days of it being on the list is the county's time. So this is when the county has to make an informed decision of do they really want this property back in the name of the county, right? And sometimes the counties do, they take it back. And, and they take it back, maybe they have like a community investment project in a certain area and this property happens to be and they need ownership in it. So that they can, you know, complete their project. Um, sure. Or, you know, or it's, it's a property, you know, maybe it's like easement or something in the county. The, the 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 roads and ways division says, yeah, we need this because we're, you know, we need part of this to be part of the greater fold of the county now. Um, but when properties after that ninety days are up and the county did not buy the property, then that 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 property is open to the public and it's first come first serve, right? And, mm -hmm. You could do it two ways. You can you can write them an email. That's the way I do it. So I'm not physically there. I just write the clerk of courts an email or the, the, the people that work in the office. And 
So, hey, you give me the payoff in this property because the property is still accruing interest every month that it stays on that available list, right? And so they have to give you a payoff. And so they'll give you the payoff. When you, they'll send you the form, you fill out the form, you send it back, you send them you know, cashier's check, um, and, and you, you buy the property then. Now that property is coming to you, deeded to you in a tax deed. So that's the other way of getting a tax deeded property to you, because it was just an extension of the option that the land's available. Now, and of course, properties don't stay there forever. You know, when they get to, their, to the end of three years, then they're cheated back to the county. So the county then owns them all over again. And that's like the great, you know, debt jubilee at that point in time. <laughs> completely washed out, uh, you know, all, any other lien on there is just completely washed out. And the county takes ownership of it. And then the county's going to sit on that property for about the next four years before they make another informed decision. Hey, do we really need to sell? Awesome. And that's also awesome. so uh, what are referred some... to as, um, I just wanted to add, that's also referred to as over-the-counter acquisitions. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So those those terms are kind of interchangeable, mm -hmm. you know, yep. lands available, over-the-counter liens. Yep. Right, cool. So what are some of the potential benefits in, in investing in vacant land as opposed to, like, residential? Well, I think the first part is very low cash commitment. I mean, when you're trying to buy an asset, um, you know, in the tax deed auction, when the market's hot and if it, there is a property that has a home on it, the bidding could easily get close to what market value really is on that property. And so, right. you know, so, so, um, so timing on that is, is important. But like, and right now, I feel as if bidding on a property that's physical structure, man, you're, the bidders will bid that thing to the moon. Um, so with land, because there's plenty of supply, um, there's bidding, but not a whole lot of bidding. So there's very low, low, low cash. And that's probably the first thing. You get you into an asset that you can resell really cheap. Um, the next thing is probably, like I was saying earlier, supply. There's just jobs out there, right? So there's there's vacant land everywhere, um, and all the time. Uh, I think another one would be um, like how you resell the property. Not that you can't own or finance a house, but you can own or finance land. Um, vacant land and a lot of vacant land is sold this way. Uh, so a lot of the online dealers that, that buy in the tax deed auction, uh, they're really just buying supply for their website. They sell vacant land on their website and you know and they own or finance them. Now you can pay cash and, and, and buy the whole thing outside. But I mean we live in a world where everyone's payments, right? You make a mortgage payment, a car payment, credit card payment. Payment on your furniture, you know, maybe got animals, got veterinary payment. I mean, you just make payments on everything. So um, selling it in payments uh, and making an early, you know, a very low entry point uh, to get into a contract, that's, that's generally what the online land dealers do. And so, so that's like a benefit. So you're, you're building up an account receivable and, uh, you know, you're going to get that. I think what everyone calls mailbox money, right? That mailbox money is going to start coming in. <laughs> And I've done it. I mean, I've, I've done it in the past. And then I think really with land, there's just, there's a lot of strategies. And I know there's a lot of strategies with homes too, but there's a lot of strategies in, in land as well. Um, I think one misconception, and I think a lot of early investors, when they're looking at land, they only look through the lens of development, right? They look at land like, oh, 
Can I develop it? Is it buildable, right? And that's the only lens that they're looking for. That's that they're only looking for value for that. Land's got so much more value. I mean, there's there's all kinds of things you can do with land, with animal type of land. Um, and so um, there's just so many strategies uh, with land. I mean, if you're you want to invest in real estate, you know, lots in a known real estate subdivision, Polk County, IOE, any of the states, you know, that would be one. I mean, there's there's just vacant raw land uh, that you know you can you can buy and, and resell. And then there's you know you can go after properties that are they're vacant but they're a little bigger, maybe five acres or so. And that these 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 properties are ones that maybe get cut down and sold to a development. Right, so then it gets turned into a small subdivision or something. So there, and, and the list just goes on and on. And there's just uh, things you can do on each of those. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it sounds like, like there's a lot of varied opportunity. Yeah, I mean, people people ignore like agricultural purposes, uh, entertainment for you know hunting grounds, yeah. um, conservation easement availability, right? For people mm -hmm. in offset, right? So there's yeah, all sorts absolutely. of opportunities in in the use of vacant land. Yeah, there there is, and it just it takes time just to learn them all, but it's okay to start with development. I think that's where everyone starts at. It's the most common thing to do. And then over time, you just learn that there's other things you can do with it. Yep. All right. So you, you had brought up the, the idea of due diligence. And so we, that, that, that's something that we preach all the time as well. When we're talking about traditional stuff, like, you know, go by and make sure that the house that you're bidding on is actually there, you know, <laughs> yeah. things like that. Yeah. <laughs> How does the due diligence work with vacant land? I mean, what, what kind of things are you looking for when you're doing your due diligence for, for land alone? Because you're, you're, it's not as obvious as checking a physical structure, right? So what, what are some little things that you look at when, you, when you're kind of deciding what to bid on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're, you know, the best, and it's not the same as looking at a house. Uh, I mean, these are, these are some, some different stuff. Um, so, so land, I mean, if you're physically there, definitely boots on ground is the best thing to do. I mean, you've got to, you got to try to get to it if you can. Um, but, you know, when, when you're, when you're looking at properties, regardless of this land or, or residential, your due diligence is really going to start with, you know, diving into that title search that's part of that tax application. And, mm -hmm. and you got to know how to read that. And, and if you don't know, you need to have someone teach you how to read it, right? Know what's there. There's a lot of good information there. You know, a lot of good information. You gotta know how to dissect it. And I and, and so I, I harp on people take the time to, to learn that. So when you're in that that um, that title search, um you you definitely want to see if there's any liens that are gonna survive this tax the application oh, yeah. at the end. <laughs> you know, it's so uh you know, and if you read an Italian's book, I mean, it, then you're good to go. And you, you, you know what to look for. And, uh, and so there's, and there's a lot of stuff there. So there's, I mean, there could be nuisance means, there's code enforcement means, there's, there's demo means. Maybe there was physical structure there at one time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and then, the, you know, the list goes on and on. So there's stuff. So start there doing your due diligence. But, but remember, there's another piece of due diligence. And, and it's called cost collection. So when you're doing your due diligence, when you find stuff, just because you found something doesn't mean, oh, I can't buy it now, right? You have to do the math, right? Maybe the math comes out that, yeah. uh, you know what? If the bidding goes high enough, that the surplus is going to wipe out that nuisance. Right? 
right? And it's, it's over with, right? Because the nuisance clean already, the nuisance part already got cleaned up by the county or the city, right? They just want their money back and the interest that came with it. And so that surplus right. tax deed auction is going to, you know, you know, cover that. Um, so you got to cost collect. So the other part of it is in cost collecting as part of your due diligence is, you know, if, if your boots on ground, you're actually able to see the property. Is there things on that property that need to be there? Like is there a stack of used tires somewhere, you know, hidden away in the back, right? You, you don't want that to get you need to get rid of that stuff. Um, or is there old old rundown cars on the property? I've done that. I bought a property. Yeah, sure enough, there was two automobiles, old, old automobiles. Yeah, the like the, the dumping, the removal, and the cleanup costs, too, for, for getting that cleaned up for the county to be happy enough to give you yeah. a fair. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, mean, I mean, all this goes into due diligence. And so, um, so you, 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 you got to spend a lot of time there um, and, and know what you're doing. Now, the good thing about due diligence with land, those go home. So, so homes in the tax deduction, like I said, they generally get taken off the auction because they get redeemed, right? So, you know, if you're looking at homes, you might be spending a lot of due diligence on something that's never going to come up, right? Like two days before the auction or the day of the auction, boom, it falls off because you got redeemed. Now you wasted a bunch of money. But land, land is something that people can walk away from really easily. And so, um, so when you're doing due diligence on land, um, you, you've got a good opportunity that it's going to be there come off. So that your your effort that you put into it doesn't go. Yeah, yeah unless you're a grazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this next question is actually for Natalia, and, and it's you know advising to the, the the legal considerations, right? So Natalia, are there any specific legal considerations or requirements when you're dealing with vacant land tax deeds? Um. Yeah, so like as part of the due diligence, I would say one of the essential things when you when you can get boots on the grounds is talk about legal access, right? A lot of these landlocked parcels are vacant. <laughs> yeah. And so you you need to kind of take a look at the zoning, right? How is it zoned? Even if it's vacant, is it zoned residential? You might have more of a possibility there of um, having some rights to access. Here in the state of Florida, right, you've got Two different ways that you can access a parcel if there's no recorded easement uh, and that's a statutory way of necessity or a common law way of necessity but common law ways are not um they're just not considered something that's possible through tax deeds because tax deeds are brand new paramount title from the state so at that point it severs any common ownership and so you've got to look at the statutory way of necessity well that way that the florida legislature uh provides access for parcels depends on the type of parcels right it says that like your intentions to build a dwelling on it or for um you know agricultural purposes or even for like forestry and you know timber cutting and that kind of thing so it's got to fit within the scope of that for you to be able to have access otherwise yeah. you want to look through and see if there's like recorded easements so that you can mm -hmm. access this parcel of land because a landlocked parcel for which you're going to have to spend a ton of money for access is going to be one of those cost things you need to add to your math. Mm -hmm. um, and then another one that I want to bring up, which was a recent thing that I uh, realized the county, like Hillsborough County, there are some parcels of land that are situated within the Hillsborough County River that are personally owned. So if taxes don't get paid for that, 
you could be buying yourself uh, a piece of the river if you're not paying attention and not looking through the maps to see where it's located. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. interesting. So, Natalia, kind of building on that. So, when people are doing their due diligence for vacant land and they want to get their quote unquote boots on the ground, are there any like criminal things that they need to be worried about, like trespass or anything like that on county owned land like that? So, so again, you definitely want to start out. I mean, you could use the property appraiser's website to get a good idea of like what would be the the easiest way to access. Then you want to have a title search tied to that to just make sure that if there is no near public road that's adjacent to the actual parcel, you can see through like maybe, you know, there's a driveway through here. Just be aware, right? Driveways can be private, private driveways. So Try to access it through the public way, direct your boots on the ground to go through the public route, have them look through the official records to see if there's a recorded easement. If you're not sure of the route, it's really important to have a surveyor go and show you the way. <laughs> so yeah. as, as Aaron was pointing out, it's, it is one of the key uh, advisors that you should have when you're a tax deed or tax lien investor really have somebody that can show you that path and Aaron right now is is like high demand season for for them because like oh, yeah. starts and so they have a lot less windows of opportunity for being out there and doing their uh their you know verification of where to start where to go um right, right, right. I remember there was a common issue when I worked in, in the title company we'd have such delays <laughs> with our surveys because of the rainy season yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not getting any right. done right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And with this vacant land, you probably want to wear your long pants and then check for ticks afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. You're, you're uh, Aaron, <laughs> what are some of the potential costs, Aaron, that uh, are associated with like acquiring and holding vacant land? Yeah. Good question. Uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's basic common. You're the new cat. You know, you, you bought the property, now you own it to your name, now you got to pay taxes for it. The whole thing's going to happen all over again. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing. Right. I mean, and a, another thing is, you know, any of those liens that provide your, your tax deduction, right? And so you might have to pay some of those off out of pocket. And that's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got me a couple of times. And then I've had some that never even showed up in the title search, but three years later, they were found and I filed a bill. And uh, I paid it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, and that goes back to making sure that the clerk of court's office and everyone, and even the, the company that gets hired to do the title search, finds everything. Right? So you, there's, there's a lot of human interface in a tax application, so you can't take everything for granted. There's, there's errors that can happen. So. But uh, some other costs. Um, let's say you bought a property inside city limits. Inside city limits. Chances so are there's an ordinance there that says you need to pay tax. And so you got to factor this in. That, yeah, mowing. Uh, <laughs> you may have to mow, right? You may have to mow or have someone cut your grass for you. And uh, and this one gets me all the time because I own some properties in downtown Lakeland. Not Lakeland, downtown Lake Wells in Polk County. And uh, I'm not there. I'm in Louisiana. And, uh, and if it gets too high, Get a nasty gram from the city saying, hey, time for you to cut your grass there, Mr. Kinder. And I'm like, oh, yep. okay. So I got I got friends in the area, so they I pay them. Yeah. 
you know, they'll do that and some other bodies like that. Um, but you have that cleanup cost, right? And so you got to factor that in. So, uh, and then maybe you bought a property and, uh, you know, you didn't do wood sunk ground. Uh, maybe it's in kind of the inside of city limits, right? And uh, maybe it's a jungle. You know, maybe it's well overgrown and the, uh, the code enforcement office hasn't checked it yet. So, you know, if you're looking at this and it's meeting all those qualifications, then man, you may have to spend some money on a block cleanup. And that's where you're going to find like good things. <laughs> you know, you're going to find like that. Oh, this stack of tires behind there, you know. I might even find a foundation of an old home. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> happened to me before in a, in a, where I had a lot cleaned up. You know, I was selling to the neighbor, matter of fact. The neighbor was wanting to extend their backyard, and I owned that property about the tax deduction. I had no idea that there was a foundation to a pre-existing home. You can't see it through satellite imaging or through the, the, the property appraiser's map and stuff. But when I had the lot cleaned up, sure enough, it was there. And, uh, but, you know, the neighbors were willing to buy it with that there with no problem. Like, okay, great. Let's do the deal. And, uh, and so we did the deal. So, yeah, there, there's, there's cost there. And then there's cost also, you know, when you, know, you buy a property, maybe you're trying to, you want to resell it relatively fast, right? You see a lot of value in it. Um, and so you may have to serve that kind of cost you probably need to quiet title, cost money too, right? So these things, you know, they will add up. So when you're doing your valuation on properties, um, if it meets, if it's part of your investment thesis, right? So if your investment thesis is, hey, uh, I want to buy the older four plots in the tax deduction. I don't want to buy raw land in the middle of nowhere. You know, I don't want to buy forest one. I want to buy known subdivision, like you know, lots. And so you know, what's, What's that going rate for those in the taxi auction? And then what's what's the market analysis coming out to? What is it saying? Um, and how much do these things resell in, in, on realtor.com? Just because they're on realtor.com doesn't mean they're selling. You know, that's just <laughs> you know, so you gotta you gotta click over to the sold side and, and start diving into that data to see what's the kind of going rate for them. And so and that's where you're gonna start getting your valuation. I mean, it's a it's a metric. Um, so hopefully all the, you know, maybe you need to do a survey, maybe you don't, maybe you have to clean it up, maybe you don't, but doing a survey and cleaning it up, yeah, but that's probably going to help out. Um, I mean, because think about your buyer. Um, your buyer may not have the imagination that you have. Mm -hmm. They may not be able to see their home through woods. <laughs> so you can <laughs> up a little bit and be like, see, your home, it's right here. <laughs> So, right, so, right, right. Well, it's just like, you yeah, know, so these are all when, I'm sorry. But I mean, it's like when you see properties on Zillow, right? It's this difference between a house that's been staged. Yeah. To help those people that lack imagination versus yeah, yeah. ones that have like so much clutter in them or they're completely vacant and you're just like, this is cold. And can I imagine myself this being a home? You have to do the same thing with land. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so it's probably smart to cut calculate all this stuff into your bid price as well yes yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so and it all goes back to that cost collecting and doing your due diligence right so what's the ceiling of what i'm going to bid on you know maybe i do a proxy bid in the auction and i say okay i don't want to spend more than ten thousand dollars on this property anything over that is into the rest of the investment, right 
So if you can get it under 10,000, so you bid to see 10,000 in a proxy bid, but you see the bidding only goes up to 5,000. Great, you just want it for five. Uh, and now you have five more that you can use you know, to, to, to do all those other things that you need to do, like a survey, clean up the lot. And then that, so that extra five really comes into profit right, if you're able to sell it to that, you know, that, the high price that you were looking for that you had planned out in your exit strategy. Right. Excellent. Excellent. So what are some uh, challenges or obstacles that you see in selling these vacant land parcels? Yeah. So I think really the first thing, because I mean, a, a lot of newbies, you know, they reach out. They watch my videos. And I can I think my videos really connect to a lot of the entry level people that are doing the taxing. I, I tell it like it is. And uh, I'm not sensationalizing, sensationalizing, excuse me, but, you know, Make all this money, and uh, you're gonna work. And uh, but I think really is it's, it's first obstacle is knowing how to transfer. It's like buying something. Can you can you repeat that part? That. I just didn't hear you. Transferring ownership. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and so you know, because buying buying in the auction easy. I, I mean, it's like going to Walmart, and I mean, you just you're buying something. Everyone knows how to buy something, right? Mm -hmm. But once you own it, we do next. And then, and then, so transferring ownership is 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 a big thing, um, and that can come through. You know, you can come in two ways, right? You can you can hire somebody, title company, and you can you know, lean on your real estate attorney and your title company and say, hey, you might bought this property, selling it to this person. Yeah, I didn't quite title, so I'm probably gonna have to quit claim deed or do a very unspecial special warranty deed. Uh, on this property over to the new person. And, you know, for good, bad, and different, all that stuff's going with it, right? Uh, or you, know, you, can, you can learn the hard way. You can do something on your own, right? Just remember that sometimes when you do something on your own, you make mistakes. When you, when you do it on your own, maybe that mistake is a hard earned education. But you're going to learn something out of it. So, so I'd say like challenges and obstacles really is, is figuring out the way that you want to transfer ownership. You want to do it on your own or do you want to hire someone to do it? Uh, and then, you know, after that, I think all the rest of the challenges and stuff come into like um, the different strategies that you're going to need. Right? You're going to need a marketing strategy. How are you going to sell this? How are you going to market it to, to the world, right? Um, uh, I think you kind of nailed down the acquisition strategy. You're bidding in the taxes. Um, what's your method of payment? What do you? How do you want to receive this? You know, are you owner financing? Are you doing that? So there's, and, and not all these things are challenges and obstacles, but they're things you just have to think of. It's all part of the complete the complete plan you put together. So I think a lot of people are just really anxious to buy something, and after that they're calling me, "Hey, what do I do next?" <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you didn't think of the plan? They're like, ah, I just bought something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. We get a lot of those calls too. So yeah. I just bought this thing. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get those. And I answer those calls. I, I will help out anybody, right? And people call me all the time. Yeah. And I get people that call me for, for some stuff too that I, you know, I, I help them, you know, solve their problem. I got one the other day. I had a young lady call me and uh, and she felt as if her and her husband got scammed in a, in a real estate investment seminar 
for, uh, for tax liens. And, uh, and she watched my videos. And she was like, oh, this guy knows everything about Polk County. And uh, he knows tax liens. I'm just going to reach out to him. And she did. I mean, she literally just phone call out of the blue. I'm like, Who's this? So I answered it. I talked to her on the phone. And she was like, hey, you know, I feel like this happened to me a long time ago. The only thing I have is this piece of paper that shows, you know, a list of liens and stuff that I have. She's like, I have no idea how to do research. I don't even know what the heck I bought. I don't know any of this. It just happened. We did it a long time ago. And um, I was like, okay. I said, well, are any of your liens showing that they're in Polk County? She said, yes. I said, okay. I said, well, I probably can't speak for the other counties, but for Polk, 110%, I could dive down into the, the, the deepest of the drilling down into the minutia to find out if this is really yours or not, or who owns it, or who owned it. And so, so she did. So what she did was she, she emailed me, and um, I got that fixed. I was able just to dive in, reverse engineer all those liens that she had said that she owned. And come to find out, she owned a couple. The other ones, she didn't know. But when I told her who owned them, she knew exactly who I was talking about. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, that was the company doing this uh, Real estate investment seminar that kind of, that kind of got them. So, um, so anyways, I mean, I get these phone calls. You know, people, they, you know, you know, they need help. Um, you know, they don't know what they got. They, they got into the wrong, the wrong thing, unfortunately. That's certainly a challenge. Not knowing what you actually own, that that could become an obstacle when you're trying to sell it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's why we, you know, we encourage people to to get the training like what Aaron's company offers, because the reality is, is this is not um, second nature <laughs> to individuals, right? right? Learning how not. to read the clerk's docket, learning how to understand like what's coming up for sale, learning how to identify the parcel of land, even how some of the parcel identification numbers are listed on the tax deed application might mean a different order. Than how the appraiser organizes them. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> and so it, you really do need to, to educate yourself first so that you don't fall for these types of scams uh, because you don't, your hard earned money shouldn't go away that way. <laughs> no, it, it, it really shouldn't go that way. And it's unfortunate these things exist, um, but they're, they're out there. Mm -hmm. Buyer beware. And, uh, and I, I like to tell anybody who watched my YouTube videos, especially when it comes to tax liens in Florida. There should never be any other entity between you and the and the tax office when it comes to buying your your tax liens. So now there will be there will be you know if it's a real auction, uh, you know a county that uses the real auction system, then obviously that's the entry point that the county uses. But you don't need another company, you don't need somebody else trying to sell you something else to set up this stuff for you because that's when. You know, you that's your vulnerability right there, and that's when they come after. And they're, what they're going to do is, you don't know any better, but they're going to set up your account to, to bid on liens or to buy liens. Um, and then they're going to put the redemption to a bank account that goes to them. Yep. And, and you're not going to get because you're going to get that tax consequence at the end of the year. You're going to get that 1099 saying that uh, you, know, you made money, and you're like, how? I never got anything back. And, uh, and so be careful. I mean, just buyer beware. And so I, I know this is, we're supposed to be talking about tax deeds here, but I, I love me some tax deeds as well. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and you do have to be careful on both ends. Yeah. Uh, as the, as the coaching industry world continues to grow, there are plenty of people that are out there taking advantage of individuals who are not so wise in the industry. And that's why we've brought somebody legitimate to talk to. <laughs> Aaron is the real deal. Um, heart of gold, part of a teacher as well. Uh, and that's something we have in common. And that's why we wanted to bring you in here for our listeners. Yeah, no absolutely. I'm very passionate about the subject. I love to teach it. I mean, I just said, Got a lot of time invested in it. And so you got a lot of time, you love to teach, and you've been successful with it, right? Then then you know you want to you know you want to show your success and help other people be successful. And, so, and there's plenty of opportunity out there. Right, right. So the last question I have for you is how does the condition of the vacant land uh, impact the value and marketability? Because you were talking about like lands that were overgrown that might have a stack of tires you know, old cars, housing foundations. How, how does that all play into the value and marketability of the land that you buy? Well, I mean, it, it does. When it's going to drive up costs, uh, if you've got problems, right? if there was something there. Um, this goes back to that boots on ground because Google Maps isn't as current as you think it is. Um, the GIS map with the county popular appraisers um, database isn't, Current year, you know, nope. you have to they, you know, every once in a while they'll, they'll pay for that flyover of the satellite, you know, up, 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 they, they're not right, but it, and it's not every year, it's not every year. Um, you might be lucky and they did it earlier that year and you got a good idea, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, being there on ground is important. Now I know, I'm saying this, and I'm never on, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm never there. Um, so, so, uh, and I'm not saying. I too have made these mistakes for not being on ground. I pay the price. Uh, and so, you know, of course, there's plenty of properties I bought sight unseen that, you know, no problems, right? Or what I didn't see was value to my buyer who actually went to the property and I have no idea. And so, so uh, it, that, that's, you know, that's happened as, as well. Like there's been some stuff on the property and they're like, hey, what about this? What about that? And I'm like, that's ah, yours. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, dang it. It's, I didn't know I owned it. Um, um, but yeah, conditions. So um, now there could be things on your property that uh, can severely impact you, especially if it comes into like environmental stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so definitely, I mean, if, when you're doing due diligence and stuff, I mean, if, you, if it was a property that had to do with anything with like automotive in the past is yeah. probably oil somewhere on the ground, right? Gas station, so, anything like that. Yeah. yeah, there's probably something that doesn't need to be there that's going to be an extensive cleanup. Um, so I mean, just keep in mind, I mean, keep these things in mind. Um, so, so, so I remember one time I was, I was, there was a taxi auction in full time and there's two properties. It was like three properties like old gas stations and uh, i was like "Ooh, old gas station there's no gas station there today but it's a it i mean the building's there the pumps aren't there but then when i started diving deep into the due diligence that came up i mean man there was things that were scaring me there was all these environmental stuff that was like oh i got tested at this day and it failed and, you know and then you know yeah. the owners owed money because of this right and probably why they weren't paying their taxes so 
I was looking at this and I was like, I don't have it. No, no, I, I, I don't even want to waste my time with this, right? And so, uh, but you know, going through and, and looking through those title searches and stuff, I mean, it's going to educate. When you look through enough of them, there's things that you can go through a quick yes, no, yes, no. But the ones you do want to give some more time. But, uh, but you know, condition of the property. I mean, nothing's really going to be better than boots on the ground. So. Yeah, and, and even like boots on the ground can can make you aware of like if there's signs that are talking about like turtles and, you know, this is like a go for tortoise area. <laughs> the, the go for tortoise, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah <laughs> go for tortoise or, uh, you know, scrub jay area. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing is that, that if you are able to do boots on the ground, what is around your property? You yeah. know what they say about real estate location. Right? And so, mm -hmm. you know, are you buying a property? And this got me one time. It just got me on a property in Babson Park. Um, you know, I, I bought a property there and I couldn't quite make out what was across the street from it. Turns out it's like a big transformer electrical hub, you know, like all the power wires go there. You know, and I'm like, no, oh, man. I'm like, man, everybody wants to own property next to that thing, you know? So I still own it today. <laughs> I haven't sold it. Uh, I do pay to get a cut, you know. So uh, maybe to a telecommunications tower, you know. You know, but I mean, there's a lot of electricity across the street. Let me tell you. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> these are the things. So I mean, I'm not perfect. I've made tax deed, you know, investing mistakes. I made tax deed investing mistakes as well. And you learn from your mistakes, right? And that's kind of how you learn. You got to make a mistake first to kind of learn from it. But uh, you just definitely don't want to make, you know, life-changing mistakes. Um, you definitely don't want to make a mistake where you, you've lost all your money because you just you, you sunk it into a property that was just a never-ending hole of just going. Yeah, and that's actually a really great value that you provide is that people can learn from your mistakes. You know what I mean? You've been doing yeah, this absolutely. for so long yeah. that you've seen and done everything that you shouldn't do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so you're able to provide that so they can learn from your mistakes and i've got i mean i've got a mistake uh and, and, and it's a property matter of fact that you you quite a title on and so um you know that that property in Dav in davenport that you quite mm -hmm. title for me so you know i had an investment thesis with that property right? i was like i it um you know i'm going to i'm going to develop going to build something or i'm going to have something there let me put a mobile home on and you know and i bought this property off lands available list here in Portland. Mm -hmm. like it went to auction the county the county was the one who proposed it nobody bid on it um and it went on lands available list and it was there for a while and i just watched it for a long time just two acres of land in davenport nobody's bidding on this thing no one bought it and i just watched and watched and watched and eventually one day i was like no i gotta buy it you know, it's like I gotta buy it, and so the only real due diligence I did prior to buying it was just I looked at the title search. You know, I'm like, okay, nothing here is alarming to me. Nothing here is scaring me, and uh, I was like, I don't know what people are worried about. Now, when you look on it on the map, right? You look on it from the map, the, the GIS map, the property code is a little bit. It looks landed. Looks like you can't even get to it. It's, it's like lot four of a series of lots for one, two, three, four. And lot four, there's no road to, or there's no access to it. It looks like it. But when you go back and you start 
completing the legal descriptions on lot one, two, and three, and four, and the one I named behind, there's, a, there's an easement built into the legal description on all four of those lots. So like, oh, legally, there's an easement right there. Cool. Okay. So I thought I was good. Right? I thought I was good. I know I remember I, I, I called you in Italian. We talked about it a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but I reached out to my developer, and he thought I was good at teams in the get-go as well. Uh, but come to find out, if you zoomed in just a little bit more on the GIS map, we'll see that easement doesn't even touch it. It's about 10 feet that, that easement touches the neighbor across the street's property. It doesn't touch the road. Like the road ends, and then the 10 more feet is then mm -hmm. the neighbor's property. So that was the first thing that got me. So with that, um, the permit office was like, sorry, we can't do this. Yeah, you'd have to get a confirmed statutory way of necessity at that point for the 10 feet. Yeah. And so I was like, dang, and then the second part that was going to get me is that this lot was only two acres. And so it didn't have enough acreage to even develop in the first place. So, of course, I was like, well, I don't get it. The lot next to me is two acres and there's a mobile home. And then the lot next to that, there's a house. I mean, it's condemned, but there's a house. And then the lot next to, the lot next to that had something there. There's a foundation there. And so what I found out was all four lots used to be one big property. Long time ago, uh, one property. And that the family that owned that property, the elders decided to, well, let's pass these down to our children. And they subdivided that lot into four parcels, right? Parcel one, two, three, and four. Um, however, when you cut the property down, you can't build on them because they're too small. But when it was all together at one, one larger parcel, then yeah, you could build on it. And so the family had their, their homestead home. They had a mobile home in, in the back that you know granny lived in. Mm -hmm. And then they had another home over here and they all shared the same well, you know. And so, you know, I kind of learned the hard way on this property that just because looking at the GIS map showed a mobile home on it next to it didn't mean that mine was going to be able to have a mobile home and that was the, the very early assumption i went into it right so the news say the only thing i could do with this property was use it for agricultural purposes and uh but because i surveyed and i surveyed the easement and natalia did a wonderful job fighting title for me um and i was able to listen to my realtor not to sell it for development but we ended up selling it for agricultural purposes and he found a buyer for me uh, family that was interested in owning that land because they wanted to raise chickens, wanted to have a little chicken farm. And so it was perfect for them. And so they were willing to pay the price. And so I sold it to them. And now they have a little chicken farm. <laughs> and that's <laughs> kind of like the, the other point of like the learning from mistakes. You learn to pivot, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I had to pivot in this one. Yeah. So. yeah. I'm glad that they were able to use it for that kind of agricultural purpose. But yes, one of the big things that people kind of forget in due diligence is looking at those zoning zoning like ordinances right the setback requirements what's right. buildable there mm -hmm. you know like is it is it um residential is it mixed use is it you know right. residential for how is it set and how subdividing parcels can really impair that as well yeah 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 absolutely so i mean it, it impaired my opportunity to do what i wanted to do mm -hmm. and it's funny because you know when you deal with land 
also most of the thesis is development. We need to become familiar with what's called the land development code here. Mm-hmm. So every county has one. You need to you know, get intimately involved in this. You take your time. Now, it, it might be a whole other language for you, I doubt it. But take the time to, to read it, understand what the codes and everything mean so that you're better educated when you pick up the phone and you call the permit office. I mean, just think about it. How many people are calling the permit office every day? Hey, what am I doing with this law? You know, so mm-hmm. um, you probably get that phone call a million times every day. And I would say that if you take the time to at least understand a little bit of the land development code book, you'll know in advance. I need to call the permit. So, so, so that's it, to me, it, it's very important. Um, you get a lot of phone calls from people. Even on property that I own, right? And it, like the first question is like, is this buildable? You know, can I build on this? Can I put a mobile home on this? And I'm like, well, if you're the buyer, man, look it up yourself. You know, like, oh, yeah. And so, um, and so, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know. I didn't look up myself either. You know, so, so, so you know, take the time. You know, call permit. I don't know what you want to do, uh, but, but. But yeah, I mean that, that's just anyway. I'm going on a but uh, yeah, th- those are the things. I mean, I get phone calls from people asking me all kinds of stuff, but but anyways, I'll digress. <laughs> well, Aaron, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and giving us all this valuable information. I mean, with that, that's that's our goal of the Legacy Academy. That's why we named it the Legacy Academy, is because we wanted to teach people how to better invest their money so they're not losing out on opportunity and they're not making stupid mistakes that are going to cost them, you know, their life savings. So we, we truly appreciate you coming. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we truly appreciate you coming out. Yeah. Love to have you. Thank you so much. And again, everyone, you should go to Florida Wholesale Land. Check out the YouTube channel. It's worth the paywall. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast application. And then tune in every Monday to get more tips on how to avoid investing's legal pitfalls and take your real estate business to the next level. You can also find us online at lcolawfl.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Legacy Academy FL.